Welcome once again to another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and each week I seek to bring you topics that will help you gain spiritual victory over life's difficult issues. And at this point in the year 2020, nearing the end of August, I want you to take full control of the authority and power you have in Christ to push the enemy back. Learning more about how to do that by demonstrating our faith is the topic for today's program. It's time to see our prayers answered and the prophetic words given come to pass. If you're like me, then you've been pressing in, especially in these chaotic days, seeking to learn more from Jesus. I want to be a vessel through whom he can work. I want to be prepared and have the knowledge and humility I need so God's will is done in and through me, among others, on earth as it is in heaven. We need each other to put on the full armor of God and to take our rightful place in God's plan. 2020, which is the year 5780 in the Hebrew calendar, is the start of a whole new era. This year was proclaimed to be the year of justice. This is why the enemy has pulled out all the stops. He knows God is moving to expose the corruption that he's been operating in for decades upon decades. This is the year of the Great Awakening when God's people are being caused to see the evil that's been in their midst and allowed to infiltrate and grow while the church looked the other way. Like it or not, the church must be caused to wake up and buckle up to take her rightful place in God's plan. Last week, we considered Jesus as our example and how he did all the miraculous work he did on earth completely from his humanity, fully reliant on God the Father with the help of the Holy Spirit. And so he is our example of how we must operate. Today, more than any other time in our lives, we need to see the power and the authority of Jesus demonstrated for corruption to be exposed and justice to be served. For us to truly live wielding the authority and power as Jesus did, we need an unwavering understanding of who we are in Christ. When we place our faith in Jesus as our Savior, scriptures are clear, we are spiritually born again. Our spirit is made entirely new. Our mind and body, however, still need to be brought into alignment with our new spirit. This is a process that will be successful only to the degree that we cooperate with the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. Consider the lives of the early disciples. They were ordinary people, just like you and me, who encountered Jesus. They studied with him for three years, observing but not fully understanding his teachings. It wasn't until some 40 days after Jesus' resurrection that the Holy Spirit was given to them, and then we learn how they were transformed and fully understood all that Jesus came to do and what is still available to every one of us today. When we encounter Jesus and choose to place our faith in him, we are immediately forgiven of all of our sin, past, present, and future, and our naturally born, sin-natured spirit is replaced with a new spirit free from sin. Additionally, we are given the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to guide us and counsel us into all truth. It's the same spirit that descended upon Peter, James, and John, and the others who were waiting in the upper room in Jerusalem, according to Acts chapters 1 and 2. So what's the difference? Well, the early disciples received instructions from Jesus before they received the Holy Spirit, making them ready to be impressive vessels of God the moment they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We, on the other hand, receive the bulk of our instruction from Jesus and his teachings after we receive the Holy Spirit. It therefore makes sense that we will require some time to grow in our understanding of the faith before we can realize and demonstrate the power of Jesus flowing through us. 
Now, there are exceptions because God may choose to have a person demonstrate his miraculous power very early in their conversion, and by conversion I mean becoming a born-again Christian. But for most of us, the process of sanctification is necessary to prepare us for greater works. As we seek to live our newfound Christian lives, our faith is tested in various ways. This is to grow our faith and make us stronger for the greater trials we will face later in life. To the degree we cooperate with the Holy Spirit to transform us, we will mature in our faith. But it's our choice. If we choose to cooperate little, we will be transformed little, and the magnitude of what our faith can produce will be minimalized. Conversely, if we choose to press in, wanting to be transformed, we will mature in our faith and our understanding of who we are in Christ, and the fruit of our faith will be evident. So, which are you? Are you one who has minimally cooperated with the Holy Spirit, or one who has pressed in, wanting to fully grow and mature without delay? Because I was nearly 30 years old before I found Christ, and because I had lived fully in the world before making a complete mess of my life, the moment I found Christ, I was on the fast track. I wanted to get as far from my former way of life as quickly as possible. At this point in our history, I've met many Christians who, by the radical destructive events of the year, are finally realizing they need to immediately partner with the Holy Spirit or be subjected to the destructive forces of the enemy. We are indeed living at a time of the Great Awakening that will lead to great harvest of souls and a revival. If we want to usher in the victory of Christ sooner than later, then we need to prepare ourselves and truly partner with the Holy Spirit. It saddens me to see the demise of our culture just in my lifetime. When I was a little girl, businesses were actually closed on Sunday. The majority of Americans had a reverence for God and a respect for the Bible. Today, the church in America, and by the church I mean those who profess to be Christians, the church has been deceived, lulled to sleep, bewitched, and lured into a serious state of apathy. We have allowed the precious blood of Jesus to be trampled upon. The wicked and perverse evil that's been increasing in our midst has come to the light. It's being exposed for us now to deal with, yes, for us to deal with. While many people pray to see God miraculously overcome the chaos, evil, destruction, and deaths in our midst, God is causing us to take our rightful place in His plan to be His instruments of righteousness on earth. Jesus gave us His authority and power to do all the things He did, and more because we are more in number. In days past, when the Christian faith was respected and there was a general fear of God in our country, None of the lawlessness, corrupt power-mongering, and media deceptions would be tolerated. God's people would rise up against it, firmly fight for and protect what is right, just, and aligned with truth. We are in an extremely important juncture in God's timeline. We need every person who is a Christ follower to realize the great precipice we're on. What looks to be playing out before us in the world of politics and the global pandemic and the upcoming presidential election here in America are not what they seem. The enemy of God, Satan, has been at work for centuries, weaving his sinister plan to destroy and devour anything that belongs to God, anything that God cares about, which includes people and the nations. Remember, scriptures reveal the nations are Christ's inheritance, which speaks, of course, of the people who belong to him all around the globe. And we who believe in Christ through faith are called to be the joint heirs, the co-rulers with him. 
We have seriously abdicated our duty, and in doing so, we've dishonored our Lord. Gratefully, God is merciful, and he is calling us to wake up, to put on the mind of Christ and the full armor of God to turn this world around. For decades upon decades, I think beginning with the 18th century period known as the period of enlightenment, the Christian faith and all of its tenets have been eroding. At the time of the enlightenment, the common belief of God being supreme authority was replaced with the ideal that man is the highest authority. Slowly and systematically, the orthodox tenets of the Christian faith have been chipped away. The morals and values of Christianity have been eroding away and putting those of us who are committed, genuine believers in the small minority of the populace. We are, in fact, the remnant today. While this has occurred, the church has done comparatively little to oppose this infiltration and takeover. And make no mistake, it has been an intentional infiltration and takeover by Satan and the many evil minions who serve him. There are many men and women in this world who, by not worshiping God, worship the devil, and they are all bent on evil and destruction, whether they realize it or not. Remember, Satan is the father of all lies and the master of deception. Reverence for God, the Bible, and the Christian morals and standards have been permitted by God's people to be diminished time and time again until what is right is now considered wrong and what was wrong is now accepted as right. Jesus charged us and gave us his authority and power to make disciples of all nations, as we read in Matthew 28, 18-20. This is often referred to as the Great Commission. And as the church, we have failed. 1 Peter 4.17 is clear. Judgment begins with the house of the Lord. And where else should it begin, considering the Great Commission Jesus gave us? When Jesus commissioned us, he gave us his authority and his power and stated he would be with us through the end of the age. What excuse do we have? Very sadly, as I've said before, there are generations of people who are going to hell in a handbasket that's been woven by the church. Gratefully, God is a covenant God, and even when we fail to do our part, he does his which always includes for us a way of repentance and delivery. Second Chronicles 7.14 states, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Clearly, we have a part to play in God's plan. Clearly, the church must be about kingdom business in these days in which we live with all earnest. As I've also said before, God can zap anything into existence anytime he wants, but most often he intends for his people to work directly with him, to partner with him, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I, for one, do not want to be found by God to be complacent about my faith and disengaged from his plans. For Christians to do so sets them up for discipline at the hand of God. God's discipline can come in the form of allowing us to suffer the consequences of our own choices, and I'm wholly convinced this is precisely what we've been experiencing this year. While the church has been disengaged in the battle against sin and failing to keep the banner of truth raised high, the enemy has come in systematically and undetected. With God being removed from the schools, children have been sacrificed in the vortex where every manner of instruction and indoctrination contrary to the word of God has been taught. 
Socialism and Marxism had been systematically elevated in our schools and embraced by many influential power-hungry leaders. Our freedoms and liberty as defined in the American Constitution have been chipped away. All of this and much, much more evil have been conducted right in our midst. What's been said to be systemic racism and the efforts of some to fan the flames of racism in our country are tools of the enemy to keep God's people improperly focused and prevent us from being united in the truth. The Black Lives Movement is not what many people believe it to be. It is not about addressing racial bias. It's about dividing the country and funding terrorist groups and aid the efforts of those who want to see America's republic replaced by socialism. I want you to hear what I'm saying not from a political perspective, but a pure evil intent to devour and destroy instigated by Satan. The only hope this world has is Jesus. The only hope we have is to wake up to the truth of what's been going on and take our rightful place in God's kingdom plan. Things won't go back to the way they were, and as I've said before, why would we want them to? We were apathetic and disengaged. We were duped and lacking discernment. We allowed the condition of our nation to become what it is today because God's people did not remain in the battle. We've been AWOL, away without leave, and we have failed to contend for the faith. My deep heart's cry is for you to hear the truth I bring weekly for all of us to have the scales removed from our eyes and our ears opened to see and hear the truth about the world today, the truth about us today. We must repent, pray, and realign ourselves to be active in our faith, demonstrate our faith in ways that impact kingdom changes in our midst. We must learn again how to contend for the faith, how to contend for the truth. In our relativistic world, people are hard-pressed to believe that there is truth worth dying for. The mindset that truth is relative has been another tool of the enemy to cause God's people to be duped and ineffective. But as John Piper wrote, it wasn't always this way. The faith that we cherish was preserved for us by the blood of hundreds of reformers. From 1555 to 1558, Queen Mary, the Catholic ruler in England, had 288 Protestant reformers burned at the stake. And why were they burned? Because they stood by a truth, the truth that the real presence of Jesus' body is not in the Eucharist, but in heaven, at the Father's right hand. For that truth, they endured the excruciating pain of being burned alive. This is just one example of our faith being fought hard for. Consider also the freedoms and liberty we enjoy in America were fought and won with the very lives of predominantly men in the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and World Wars I and II. America has been one of the most successful and influential governments under God, which is precisely why the enemy seeks to destroy it. Tearing down historical statues is not representative of a rational thinking people who are fighting for truth. No. It's the irrational thinking of people who will not consider reason, who see violent takeover as the only means to get whatever it is they want. And I'm sure you'll agree, what they want is not anything we want. We need to do our own research about our actual history. I encourage you to visit David Barton's site called Wall Builders. You'll find all sorts of free resources, many from time-tested sources, that have not been altered. I'll have the link for you in the show notes. 
You know, years ago, when I realized our public school textbooks were being rewritten to revise history, I immediately got myself an old set of the Encyclopedia Britannica. I have them to this day, and I can tell you, much of what our children are being taught in public schools is not the truth of our history. We've been lied to for decades to the point we don't know what we're willing to fight for, and we're fighting for causes that are steeped in sin, destruction, and death. Again, the Black Lives Matter movement is not what many people think it is. In the same way Nazi Germany used propaganda to garner the acceptance and inclusion of the German people, so has propaganda been used on us so we will not oppose the movements and even join them. Terms repeated over and over such as silence is violence is a means of hypnotizing us into submission. It's time to wake up, America. Because of our lack of knowing the truth of history, Many people, even influential leaders in the church, are leading people into strange doctrines which perverts the grace of God into licentiousness, even denying the fullness of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to realize our part in the condition of the world today. We need to rediscover truth and then take a stand for it. We need to gain the same resolve as the early apostles who were willing to die for the truth of Jesus. No one would knowingly die for a lie but many today are dying because they are deceived. Praying for revival is good, and we certainly need revival. But before God will bring revival, he seeks us to embrace the truth about our role in the world today and for us to repent and seek him. And then, as he promises in 2 Chronicles 7.14, he will hear our prayers and heal our land. I'm convinced we're on the verge of seeing God do some supernatural works in our midst, but as with many of God's promises, we must satisfy the conditions first before he will fulfill the promise. With genuine repentance in place, we need to be actively seeking truth to uncover the lies that we've been told about the Christian faith, about our history, and how we are to publicly demonstrate our faith in ways that benefit many and bring glory to God. We need to become convinced of who we are in Christ so we can boldly follow his example and be the change agents Christ intended in these days of end-time birthing pains. For this reason, I have free resources for you in the show notes to download and to meditate on, to get deep within your spirit, to know who you really are as a Christian, and to know the authority you have to tap into with the power of the Holy Spirit. We must remember, fear is of the enemy. The systemic infiltration of fear through various tactics all the months so far this year are like nothing we've seen before. But those of us who know Jesus must work to overcome fear with the truth of our faith. The enemy only has as much power as we give him. When we give in to fear, we lose our ability to be fortified by the truth of our faith. Remember, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We must take every thought captive that is contrary to the truth of God's word. The way to do that is to recognize a fearful thought and find the scripture that offers the truth, then meditate on those scriptures until fear is arrested. We must make sure our faith, what we believe and stand for, is based on truth. No one wants to live their life on the basis of a lie. But as I've said, unless we intentionally examine what we believe and why we believe it, we can easily be deceived and completely unaware of our condition. If you're just joining me, I'm your host, Pam Christian, with this podcast called Faith to Live By. Once we are sure our faith is based on truth and we are clearly on God's side, willing to be soldiers in His army, then we need to find out where we fit in His plans. 
A show or two ago, I encouraged you to learn about your gifts and talents to discover your specific place in God's plan. Taking the Chow Zone evaluation is one good way to learn your place. The link to that quiz is on my faithtoliveby.com show notes page. Once we know who we are in Christ and get our specific place in His plan understood, we've discovered our life's purpose and our passion, and we can truly live our God-intended purpose. Listen, a lot of people are feeling isolated, hopeless, depressed, and a whole lot more this year, and that's because they have not been listening to and heeding the voices of truth. They have been listening to the propaganda of the enemy of God whose sole intention is to kill, steal, rob, and destroy. If you know anyone who is fearful, help them discover Jesus who offers us freedom and purpose in life and life more abundant with the victory of Jesus. Amen. We need to be engaged in God's process to bring His will on earth as it is in heaven. You may have seen my article recently published titled, Since God Ordained Civil Government, Why Aren't Christians Involved? I wrote it to debunk another lie of the enemy that the church shouldn't be involved with politics. Did you know that it wasn't at all that long ago the majority of information people got about political affairs was from the pulpits? The establishment of the 501c3 corporation that many churches have embraced has been a muzzle on our leadership, leaving the sheep without a shepherd concerning politics. And don't even get me started about FEMA. Did you know that in California alone there are multiple counties that have uncontested candidates running for office who do not espouse to the authority of Scripture, nor do they intend to govern according to the Judeo-Christian values of our Constitution? An uncontested seat means that only one person filed to run and they are guaranteed to win because no one is running against them. There are some great opportunities to transform government from the inside out if we are willing to run for a local elected seat in 2020. If you've ever considered serving in public office, find out what the status is for your city, county, school board, or state. Even if the filing deadlines for 2020 are passed, get in the race for the next year and do what God has called you to do. Another tactic of the enemy this year has been aimed at preventing the church from assembling. We've been tactically outwitted for the time being. So now, armed with this understanding, let's take back the territory we've given up. We need to demonstrate our faith through our prayers and fasting, through the study of God's Word, and listening to His specific instructions for our specific course of action. We want to see our prayers answered, right? Well, then let's get about positioning ourselves rightly to have them answered. How can we expect ungodly men and women in positions of influence to represent our values? Listen, our republic style of government means the officials we elect are supposed to carry out our values. They are to represent us. Do you see that in your city, county, or state? Is that happening? If not, then you are called by God to do something about it, the least of which is to vote your values. What other prayers do you have that you want God to answer? Determine how you can set the atmosphere for them to be answered. Seek the Lord to reveal to you anything you have in your heart that may be a hindrance to your answered prayers. Unforgiveness, bitterness, selfishness are just three heart conditions that will delay answered prayers. Have you been emotionally wounded and are you in need of healing? Well, find out who you can pray with and what resources are available to you, such as a healing room. Do you have a prodigal in your life? Learn of the general prophecies specific to prodigals that have been uttered in this year, 2020. 
Do you have relationships that need healing? Turn to God in prayer, first asking him to reveal to you anything that you are aligned with that's preventing him from working in your behalf. Whatever prayer needs you have, if you will examine yourself and get your heart right with God, if you will repent from specific wicked ways that have interfered with your unhindered relationship with God, then you will be in a better position for God to act in your behalf. What are the prophetic words you've been waiting to have fulfilled in your life? Get them out on paper or on your computer or make a vision board with images that represent all the things you're waiting on. Look up the show notes from last week to learn how to decree and declare the fulfillment of God's promises. And above all, become fully convinced of who you are in Christ. We are more than conquerors, and I have a very long PDF that you can download with tons of scriptures that clearly state who you are in Christ in a variety of ways. Look for that information in the show notes, please. To demonstrate our faith is to be boldly taking a stand, knowing who we are in Christ, confident of God and his promises, and in direct partnership with him and the heavenly angels to push back the evil agenda of the enemy and change the atmosphere, making it ripe for God's miraculous works and healing of all sorts, even raising the dead according to the example of Jesus. We are not defeated. We may have given up ground, but this is the time to repent and get back in the battle with God, whose victory is certain. Repent and rise up, church, for this is our hour to partner with God and contend in the faith for the realization of His promises and work in our behalf. Next week, we'll talk about the fear of God, which has been prophetically spoken to be a major theme that will characterize this year before it's over. Thank you for joining me today. If this program has blessed you, I'd love to hear how. My contact information is available for you in the show notes, so I'll be looking for your email or contact on social media. Faith to Live By is a division of Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC, a ministry that began in 1997 and has grown to offer many different goods and services. I never ask you to donate to my ministry directly, but instead to avail of the goods and services that I bring to you, again, as listed with the show notes. Also, if my podcast bless you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and it also helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Be sure to follow me on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at plchristian.com, and on LinkedIn and Parlor at Pamela Christian. If you'd like to be one of my insiders, subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. I offer you your choice of a free gift in appreciation for your subscription. And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com. You'll be able to enjoy all the podcasts that are listed there and also get access to the show notes and the resources from previous programs. Next week will be part one on the fear of God, which has been prophesied to be a major focus to be restored in these days. What will the fear of God look like? Tune in next week to find out. Until then, I'm Pam Christian asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.